Welcome to the Health Leaders Podcast, the place for peer-sourced and solution-focused insights for our healthcare executives, with new episodes airing every Tuesday. My name is Eric Wicklund, and I'm the Technology and Innovations Editor for Health Leaders. Today, we're talking to Jennifer Greenman, CIO for the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, in advance of The Way Forward, a Health Leaders Leadership Summit that will be taking place this month in Atlanta. We're talking here and in Atlanta about how innovation and technology will play a role in the shaping of the health system of the future. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Eric. Thank you very much for, for coming on board today. Um, it's kind of an exciting time for, for innovation and technology in healthcare, um, in part because of the, 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 the reliance on virtual care during COVID, but just some of the new technologies and the new innovation strategies coming out. How have innovation and technology helped, uh, helped you in, to improve patient care and uh, clinical outcomes? Sure. Well, so just if I may uh, step back for a moment and provide a little bit of background on Cancer Treatment Centers of America for any listeners who may not be familiar with our organization. Um, We are a a national network of hospitals and clinics that is uh, exclusively focused on delivering compassionate, high quality cancer care. Uh, We currently have hospitals in uh, several markets across the country, Phoenix, Atlanta and Chicago. Um, And early this year, we were acquired by City of Hope, which is based in Duarte, California. They're an NCI-designated comprehensive cancer center um, known for um, pioneering a number of innovations in oncology care and healthcare in general. Uh, So we are very excited to be joining forces with City of Hope to democratize access to cancer care to all of the many communities uh, that we serve throughout the country. So with that in mind, um, know that a lot of our innovation, a lot of our technology focus has very much shifted toward um, facilitating and enabling uh, the scale needed uh, and the agility needed to support this transition. Um, In terms of um, CTCA, here within CTCA, we do have an enterprise IT governance structure. Um, And this is something that I established about three years ago when I first started. I'm very proud to say that this is a business-driven governance structure that is designed to empower our leadership to drive priorities uh, for our IT and technology organization and really guide us toward making the right resource allocation to drive business strategy, which is which is our responsibility, our, our um, obligation to the organization. So some of the examples of um, our contributions to business results and innovation over the past year um, include uh, we completed a long-term five-year project to consolidate multiple electronic health record systems that were utilized across the enterprise in the different markets that we operate within. Uh, we consolidated that those different systems into a single unified optimized platform, um, which included enhanced capabilities to serve oncology workflows. Um, and improve continuity of care for our patients. Uh, that certainly was a major focus uh, for my first three years here at CTCA. In parallel, um, we've also um, deployed um, a new platform uh, for online patient registration and intake. Um, that was important both uh, to meet the needs of our hospitals for an efficient patient-oriented um, intake process for patients, um, but it also has very much helped in the in the era of COVID when you, you know we do want to minimize uh, or reduce the amount of time patients have to be you know physically in the clinic. 
Um, so this solution went live in late 2021. It's been very successful. It's gotten a lot of favorable feedback from our patients um, and is meaningfully improving operational workflows for staff. Um, another thing that we've done is we've started, um, I would say, scaling our use of robotic process automation to, re to reduce or remove, I should say, low value manual work uh, while improving the consistency and quality of these workflows and freeing up our patients to work on more cognitively intensive tasks. Um, a lot of our efforts to date have been, or a lot of our I'd say successes to date have um, occurred in the revenue cycle management space. So we've deployed several bots there to alleviate you know, bad debt expense management, account reconciliation, and closure activities. Um, and through all this work, we have facilitated uh, faster patient resolution of accounts receivable, accelerated cash flows, and um, reduced our overall labor uh, burden each month. So this has been something that you know we're very proud of. I would say it's also um, freed up some of our leadership uh, to be able to focus on more high value talent development activities um, because it's been able to automate things that they were previously having to do you know, manually. Um, and then one, I guess, final solution I might mention is that um, we have, like many organizations, you know, a strong desire to facilitate om omni-channel communication with our patients. Um, so we had about a year ago, I think it was, uh, rolled out a capability within our uh, CRM application um, to be able to engage in uh, texting for real-time communications, uh, concierge services for patient engagement before their first on-site visit to CTCA. So those are all some examples. I'm happy to share more as well. Boy, that's a lot to take in. Um, um, and I imagine it must be really beneficial, beneficial at this time when uh, you know, it seems like all the news we hear that hospitals are struggling with their operating margins. And uh, uh, there's some real challenges to proving the ROI of technology going forward. Um, now, with 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 the cancer population, with with this specific population, are there are there any individual or specific challenges to uh, to using this technology that that you have to deal with in order to uh, to to improve care management or to, or to prove its value? Well, you know, I would say first and foremost, cancer, while it is um, commonly referenced as a as a single disease, it is in reality. Um, a very uh, diverse set of conditions. It, it, it manifests, it presents very differently. Um, it, it affects people very differently, um, both the symptoms and their um, the treatment burden that they face. So, you know, I think as we consider the challenges and barriers to deploying new technology, we have to recognize that, you know, there are um, an incredibly complex set of workflows, technology capabilities, and requirements that we have to support and enable uh, for our workforce that are treating these patients across the country. Um, so this creates, you know, very, what I call very heterogeneous, and in our case, highly geographically distributed uh, workforce um, that we have to, that we must um, engage with and support and enable throughout this highly complex journey. As, um, you know, anyone knows who has battled this terrible disease or who has had a loved one or um, has, has an experience in this, they understand that, you know, this is um, 
it's a journey uh, for many patients, in some cases, years long journey. And so, you know, throughout that journey, uh, a wide variety of interactions will occur with the healthcare system, and in many cases across multiple organizations. And so managing, you know, the records, the data inherent to that journey, um, ensuring that, you know, that uh, story is preserved throughout the journey, um, and importantly, shared with all of the different care team members that are involved in that journey. That That is quite a complex endeavor, and that's something that we struggle with very much in technology. So, you know, to boil that down into more of a IT-focused term, we struggle a lot with interoperability, particularly when there's records in different formats. Some cases they're scans, some cases they're facts, some cases they're, you know, in a CCD format, um, sometimes maybe even written. It's hard to, you know, synthesize all of that into a story that is going to be, you know, easy for a clinician to consume. Um, it's a very, very cognitively intense environment that they're operating within. And so, yeah, I do think that's a both a challenge, but it certainly represents a major opportunity for healthcare technology is that how do we create, you know, a far more, uh, a, a rich, but, you know, intuitive experience for our clinicians to really understand all of the different relevant inputs in the patient's care. Um, the other comments I'll make in terms of challenges. So, um, you know, we, like every other organization, I think right now, you know, we struggle with turnover, uh, with retention during this highly competitive time. Um, I don't think that our experience here in cancer care is, is likely any different from what others are experiencing across the healthcare sector. Um, but that has been something, you know, that um, has been a challenge, particularly when you have turnover uh, or uh, losses of you know, staff with long-term institutional knowledge that really know the environment, they know the people, they know, you know, the business domain and the clinical, you know, clinical disciplines that we're supporting. That That is hard to replicate quickly. Um, the final comment I'll make is that technical debt, I think is, um, I, I think that is a major challenge for healthcare organizations. And I would say in oncology care, that continues to be a major challenge. Uh, we have a large portfolio of vendors across all different stages of the life cycle. Um, and so there is uh, you know, a, a burden that we have to account for in our technology roadmaps and our investments. And that is how we can continue to reduce technical debt, continue to modernize the, the platforms and the systems that we use um, while at the same time innovating, you know, and introducing new technologies that are desired and really do have the potential to transform care delivery. You know, it's uh, I like to say, you know, sometimes it's it's the uh, stuff that's less sexy that you really have to be able to um, invest in and focus on to ensure that you can continue to foster innovation, you know, and foster advancement in your technology portfolio. Yeah, you mentioned workforce, um, the challenges of, of of keeping a workforce at this time, um, and it's something we've seen coming out of of, uh, of the pandemic is uh, the the stress that that it's put on our healthcare workers and and the the, the high rates of burnout. How have you been able to use telehealth or not telehealth, but technology in general to to address any workforce shortages and to help your staff? Uh, to prevent stress and burnout or to, to ward it off? 
Sure. Well, we um, we have been a, at least within IT, I would say we've been a largely virtual workforce uh, since even before COVID. So we were actually fairly well positioned to move to a um, virtual with, with some folks on site to provide, you know, local on-site technology support needs. But for the most part, our teams are working remotely. Um, we have uh, leveraged extensively collaboration platforms, um, very common platforms that are used, I think, in many other organizations to help facilitate communications um, across our teams, keep, you, keep folks connected. Um, it is hard. I, I'm not going to tell you I have solved for this problem completely. Um, we really are, though, trying to preserve relationships and engagement as much as possible, but at the same time also respecting that this this model, this hybrid model or, or remote model really is preferred for by many individuals to help them enhance their overall quality of life. You know, I, I find when I drive now in traffic, it just I can't believe I did that for so many years, you know, that I just would drive for hours potentially every day in traffic when now, you know, that is not, um, you know, that that is not a given anymore. And I think for many people, we're coming to terms with that. And so my job as a leader is to think about how can I continue to create that level of flexibility and, you know, whole life balance um, through the use of these hybrid and remote working models. Yeah. And now that we're not driving in traffic, we're all spending more time at home <laughs> in, <laughs> in our offices or back rooms or, or whatever. <laughs> um, now, this wouldn't be the way forward without starting to think a little bit about the way forward. Um, what are some of the, the, the newer technologies that you see coming uh, coming out of well, not only coming out of COVID, but what you're seeing now that you would like to use technologies or strategies that that will improve not only clinical care, but uh, the, the work, workflow challenges. Well, we are, I think I mentioned earlier, we are very much focused on our transition, uh, on our integration with uh, City of Hope. And so I am very excited about transitioning to a common electronic health record platform with City of Hope. Um, and creating, co-creating essentially a unified operating model for our technology organizations. Um, I think that this represents a great opportunity to you know, align on a common care delivery model, um, leveraging leading edge technology to improve um, both our patient, really mostly our patient's experience, right? Because that is our top priority, but also be able to meaningfully improve um, you know, how our clinicians are uh, able to work efficiently and collaborate with partners across the system. Um, other things, though, that I'm excited about, uh, one would be really elevating the use of intelligence in automation. You know, so to date, we have been able to, you know, I, I noted earlier, we have deployed robotic process automation and are expanding the number of use cases there. But I think building upon that and leveraging or incorporating features of these automation platforms and tools and capabilities to um, really accelerate and um, predict, you know, these workflows in a way that just enhances the overall impact that they can have on the organization. I, I think that's a hugely exciting opportunity, particularly in cancer care. And, we'll, and that goes hand in hand, in my opinion, with um, you know, our expanding 
competency level and um, opportunity to leverage our AI uh, for predictive modeling. So, for example, you know, being able to understand and, and really inform and guide, not make decisions, of course, because our clinicians ultimately are, are, are collaboratively making decisions with their patients, but really being able to support them with additional insight at the point of care and help guide them and predict what likely outcomes um, or likely, you know, options may be considered for different clinical scenarios. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and also the ability to leverage things like NLP, um, uh, better vision or uh, computer vision technologies to help um, extract insights from the you know, massive amount of imaging-based data that we have um, within our portfolios. So I think that there's a lot we can do there with the data, with the foundational tools in place, and that's what we're working on right now with City of Hope to be able to leverage these foundational platforms, layering them with um, analytic capabilities and tools that really um, actually make them very powerful, you know, and and um, improve the experience for our workforce beyond what they've probably perceived, you know, in, in, in the past. Nice. Let's let's touch upon the patient for a minute here. Now, a lot of these technologies we've been talking about are are improving uh, the, the behind the scenes work uh, for clinical care. And there's some really cool stuff going on in terms of technology directly uh, used used by the patient or for the patient. Um, a, a, a trend nowadays is the idea of pushing healthcare out of the hospital with the clinic or the doctor's offices and, and offering more services in the home. How do you see that transition playing out? So I believe that there will be um, a significant shift in all forms of healthcare, including oncology. Um, we'll see more care migrate to both ambulatory environments, things that today might be in the hospital, will move increasingly to ambulatory care and, as you noted, home-based care. Um, we actually, a couple of years ago, uh, embarked on a small pilot with CVS Health to deliver home-based infusions and injections. Uh, for a, a medically appropriate patient population with significant oversight from the medical teams. Um, what was very exciting, and we learned a lot from this pilot, was how remote patient monitoring and digital patient engagement tools can help facilitate um, and empower patients to be able to, you know, interact and engage in that model effectively. Um, so I, I'm excited. I think that we will continue to see more and more um, care, and, and in our case with oncology, certainly we'll see hopefully more infusion-based care, um, more consultations occurring uh, in remote environments at the home. And that really is, for many patients, where they want to be. It's it's the most comfortable. It's the you know, lowest risk from infection exposure. Um, it, it's hard when you're very, very ill to ask, you know, to, for, for someone to drive a long distance um, to get care in a potentially an uncomfortable environment. I mean, that's just not the most um, patient-centric approach. So I am incredibly excited. I think this is a real opportunity um, to be able to leverage these virtual technologies to equip care teams with the, the tools they need to oversee, coordinate, and connect with patients remotely um, in a variety of different scenarios. Okay. 
my last question is just a, a general, you know, how do you envision cancer care evolving? I want to kind of uh, add on to that. The idea that uh, care these days is, is infused with addressing the social determinants of health. There's, there's so many other factors outside of clinical care that affect health care. And in particular with 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 uh, cancer patients, you know, how how do you see cancer care evolving and addressing uh, social determinants in health and wellness? So one of one of my observations is, you know, cancer patients. And, and by the way, I, I worked before I worked here at C2C, I was CIO at uh, Moffitt Cancer Center in Tampa, Florida. Mm-hmm. So I do have this is my second role, you know, in oncology. I've worked about 10 years now uh, in oncology. And I will say pretty consistently, you know, this is a very engaged patient community. I mean, this is a, as as earlier, this is a profoundly difficult experience for almost anyone, either the patient or their loved ones um, to go through. And so they are, they tend to be, not always, but tend to be very engaged, um, both from a family or from a patient and a family slash caregiver perspective. What, but engagement does not always equate to being informed, and that is where we play an important role in, in as healthcare, in healthcare as healthcare leaders, as healthcare technology leaders specifically. So I I do foresee a greater focus on how do we empower our patient community, um, these patients fighting this terrible disease, with information that helps guide them and their care teams to make the best possible decision for their circumstances. And that probably reflects a variety of factors, including social determinants of health, genomic factors, environmental factors, um, and and what's really important in all this, patient preference. So patient preference should always be treated as a priority when making these decisions and in building out the technologies and the tools to help deliver care. So I I would say that is going to be, um, I would say that will be an important feature of our future state, you know, technology roadmaps. Um, I think what also goes hand in hand with this um, and, and in, in the spirit of value-based care, you know, and enabling greater efficiency and reduced overall utilization in the healthcare environment, because of course our spending now at a macro level is unsustainable. Um, I, I do believe that we will see a greater focus on um, the cost of healthcare. Um, how do we apply the enriched data sets that we do have to help guide to lower utilization in general? Um, health information exchange and interoperability has an important role. So how do we, you know, how do we leverage the the care delivered in other settings, you know, for example, diagnostics and images and outside records, you know, how can we utilize that to help the care teams make more informed, lower utilization decisions? I think all of that represents a huge opportunity for us. I'm really excited to be a part of that. Great. Jennifer, this has been a, a fantastic discussion. Thank you very much. And I look forward to continuing this uh, next week in Atlanta at The Way Forward. I do as well. Thanks, Eric. Alrighty. Um, Thank you for listening to the Health Leaders Podcast. We will be back next Tuesday with more health industry insights.